everyone. Welcome to today's episode of The Roboticist. My guest today is Peter York, who is a partner at BCT Partners. He uh, has an interesting background. He was a social worker for seven years. Um, from there, he became an outcome evaluator for 20 plus years. And now he's applying the tools of machine learning to try to understand what works, what creates the best outcome, uh, and the greatest social change in the work that he does. Welcome, Peter. Thank you very much. I'm, it's a pleasure being here and joining you. Do me a favor, and for the audience, tell them um, what kind of problem it is that you solve at a broad scale. Sure. One of the biggest challenges when it comes to government funding, philanthropic funding of social efforts to try to create positive impact, social impact, is how do we know that we're making a difference? Um, and so the data are growing in the field, as with every field. Can we leverage that data to, to do a better job? Because it's been very difficult to date to be able to tell donors, funders, and, and the public, your dollars made a difference. Mm -hmm. and, and so the problem we're solving is that. Um, and, and the problem we've had, and it persists, is that a lot of the ways we've been evaluating social outcomes has really focused on um, sort of traditional uh, studies, research studies. Give people a program, don't give them a program, see if there's a significant difference. Um, but with bigger data and administrative data and machine learning, uh, there's now a way to finally figure out what works and actually do what precision medicine is doing in addition to evaluating better, actually being able to figure out what works for whom precisely on a case-by-case -case basis. So we're giving a double benefit here from a lot of the work that we haven't been able to do yet, which is figuring out what works and evaluating it well. Cool. So that gives you the ability to go back and say, hey, this dollar made this impact and here's how we showed it. Yeah, with much more precision um, and uh, in, in a way that also makes better sense to people because it's not one size fits all. The truth is in social change, no one program is a silver bullet. Awesome. So then who's your ideal customer? Who's the person that you would work with to demonstrate all this? We work uh, with uh, philanthropic leaders, so private foundations, corporate foundations. Uh, we work a lot with government federal government, uh, state and local government that are putting a lot of dollars, taxpayer dollars, uh, towards making positive change, um, as well as uh, we do a lot of work with nonprofit organizations directly. So for one of your potential customers, one of the people that you would work with or organizations you'd work with, what are some of the symptoms that they would have where they go, oh, I, I need better understanding of what's going on. How can I do this? Sure. In, in philanthropy, um, and in government, they want to know that they are certain with attribution that their dollars have actually created a change. They're not just throwing dollars down the, the, the tube, so to speak. Are we really getting outcomes? Mm -hmm. Right now, one of the other problems is they're getting a lot of what we call output data, which is how many people we served. But it's very costly and difficult to get that. Um, the problem from the nonprofit and actually the practitioner side is actually much more about we want to evaluate for the philanthropy and let them know that their dollars broadly are achieving outcomes. But what we care about most is on a case by case basis, are we making the right decisions as to how we help this individual, this family, this kid, uh, this group, um, get the most benefit. And they're all living in the world of it's not one size fits all. So we need better decision-making tools. This is also where machine learning and a lot of the data science uh, is really uh, opening up our, our, our uh, answer to that challenge, which is help us use data to make better decisions. Because right now, all we're doing is gathering and reporting. Mm 
we're not we're not we're not using for insights and decision making. So if I'm a private philanthropist, I just won the lottery and I want to go out and fix the world right now. Or if I'm an officer who's making decisions for a, a substantial nonprofit, um, what advice would you give me about how to approach this? First piece of advice is that um, we need to uh, understand that we're all starting to gather a whole lot more data. We are putting in place data systems, um, uh, tools like Salesforce and other tools for tracking and monitoring and case management tools. That traditionally has been thought of as a, again, a monitoring tool to then report to others. We need to start to see that as a goldmine of information about those we serve that can inform much better about what works for whom and, and really start to make a difference on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, it's so, so it's really, um, if you have a lot of dollars, it's time to start thinking about identifying and finding and creating more data if you're not doing it already. Um, secondly, it's, it, it's, it's, um, there's a part of me that feels like there's some education needed. Machine learning opens up the types of data we can analyze. In a lot of ways, we analyze data in our field is, is very kind of means and statistically based, which means it requires very rigid rules as to how those variables in that data look. Mm -hmm. I'd like to educate all of our market to understand that machine learning opens up all kinds of data from, from narratives to different coded, unstructured, structured and unstructured data. It, it, it opens up the insights we gather. So there's some real ignorance in our sector around um, what machine learning avails us to of this gold mine of data that right now doesn't look good statistically, but when you put it through a machine learning lens, really is it. Thirdly, I would say it's time to fund and invest in this type of work and, 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 and uh, applying machine learning and doing the algorithmic work of the data you currently have for those that do have enough of it and good enough of it, if we're ever going to start to really make a difference. Um, because this, the, the action of change happens on the front lines. And uh, this is the tool we have to bring to the front lines. Um, outcome evaluation of averages and means doesn't help individual decision-making, but machine learning and data science tools can really do so. Fantastic. Now, one of the great things about machine learning is that it's based on top of a statistical model, which handles uncertainty gracefully, much better than most traditional software. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I actually, I think the problem we have is almost a philosophical problem too in our sector, which is, you know, when we do research studies, we want to be 95 to 99% certain that if we repeat the experiment or repeat the program, we'll get the same movement of the mean. Mm -hmm. right? And 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 we have a really big challenge there because um, that that isn't necessarily the right metric and it doesn't help us. But if we can start to really look through the machine learning lens, we can really begin to see who specifically we're, we're advancing. And so it's a very different, it's a different framework. Um, it's much more about probabilities it's getting comfortable with uncertainty. Um, our, our research models all want certainty, 95 to 99% certain it's the p-value, right? Right. And we do p-hacking. Well, in, in our world, what we have to start to get comfortable with is, is probability. Um, based on what we know from the past, we can be more certain, but we can't be certain, if that makes sense. We can have a sense of probabilities, and so what we need to continuously do is learn. Mm -hmm. uh, that that's a very different framework and philosophy than sort of traditional research looking for 95 to 99 percent certainty that the program works over and over again. Gotcha. 
Okay, excellent. So in my introduction, I had to sum down decades of work and experience into a, a short synopsis, but you're an author, you've uh, done speaking, obviously you're, you're a, uh, deeply passionate about this entire field and have a lot of expertise in it. If people wanted to learn more about you and your work and what you're doing, where would they go online? So if you go to where I work, bctpartners.com, uh, there's more information about me, my bio, my background, as well as the firm. And in there, there's also an area for the precision analytics practice and the work that we're doing we're calling precision analytics in this space. It'll give you a good sense of what's there. Um, there's also a good explainer video on actually kind of how this is practically being applied um, and help people understand what it is we're doing. Because uh, we are doing causal modeling using machine learning. So it's a different field of machine learning. And, and I know there's some debates in the field around this, but um, uh, so we kind of do theory building and using machine learnings, but it's explained in a very easy video there. Um, and of course my LinkedIn page also has a lot more information and resources about my whole um, pathway with what I think are a lot of posts, book, the, the citations of the books and other types of things that could um, serve folks who want to learn a little bit more about the content of what um, I have learned through all of this work that we've been doing. Um, usually I ask at the end, what's your big tip? But I think you hit your big tip already when you said you're gonna need to rethink about how we approach this. I would say my, 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 my big tip is to start to pay attention to some of the things, I really didn't say it, but one of the things I think is important is, um, I do think that there's a, a little bit of a revolution going on in the data science space, and it's a, and statisticals. And sort of the I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I, I think so, I think so. And, but I think there's a, um, it's an interesting area. So um, we, have a, we have a really serious problem in the sense of we, we do have this kind of correlation causation problem. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't talk about it on this, but I'm doing a lot of work on issues of bias in machine learnings. Sure. So one of the reasons I'm at BCT is because we're focused a lot on equity. And machine learning uh, and AI uh, can be very biased because when you mirror the human brain, you're mirroring our own kind of proclivities to have a lot of biases in terms of our preferences, our choices, what we capture, what we do. Decisions we make is really all the data represent. They represent our decisions. Um, so we have to be very thoughtful about how we're looking at all of that. And I think one of the biggest um, ways to do that is the way we've always done it in science, which is we kind of acknowledge that we've got to remove a lot of these biases, these in order to, through our experimental process, and we have to have a lot of eyes seeing what the research we're doing in order to be able to advance knowledge in a way that we know is fair, that we know is unbiased. Um, if we keep using sort of the neural net AI kind of approach to things, which is very powerful for doing what I call making immediate decisions, driving a car, whatever, which our brains are great at, but we then say, we're going to actually put, and I've seen this, where we're going to put, you know, IBM's Watson onto social problems. I, I actually think it's dangerous because the complexities of that mean if you're mirroring the human brain and how it works, then look at what humans have done in terms of the biases we introduce. Sure. And all the social problems are basically data being captured by people's choice as to what they put down in the system. Mm -hmm. uh, and those are also biased by their own predilections and, and preferences and, and selection biases. And so we have to be very thoughtful and careful as we're moving in this. And I believe that for that reason, we need to advance machine learning more in the causal modeling framework because it's much more the scientific. So I use random forests and I use 
input shuffling and I do a lot of stuff that you would do almost experimentally just using a lot more data and I'm, I'm finding there's a nice hybrid space for us to be to be more um, uh, careful if you will. All right excellent well thank you very much for your time uh, it was great to hear from you and all the great things that you're working on and uh, wish you the best in the future. Thank you very much Frank thanks everybody and uh, uh, I, uh, uh, I appreciate uh, the time with you all. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of The Roboticist. If you'd like to see more episodes, visit us at www.jaquette.com podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about how machine learning and artificial intelligence can help you create competitive advantage for your organization, visit us at www.jaquette.com AI. Thanks.